This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This week, MMWR published reports that provide a look back at the pandemic's impact on firearm injuries, as well as the continued importance of vaccinating people at risk for MPOX. First, less than one quarter of the at-risk population has been fully vaccinated against MPOX, despite administration of more than one million vaccine doses. Second, Emergency department visits for firearm injuries were higher during each year of the COVID-19 pandemic compared to 2019. Third, stimulant prescriptions for adults increased during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. Finally, a Wisconsin veterinarian recognized and reported blastomycosis in four dogs leading to the identification of a cluster of cases in dogs and humans within a one-mile radius. Welcome, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MNWR's Weekly Briefing, where we dive deeper into the headlines for the week of March 27th. The first report looks at vaccination rates among people at risk for MPOX in the United States. The two-dose Genios vaccine is effective in preventing impox among people at risk. From May 2022 through January 2023, more than a million doses of the Genios impox vaccine have been given. As of January 2023, among people at risk for impox, it is estimated that 37% have received one dose of vaccine. Only 23% have received the recommended two doses to be fully vaccinated. To help prevent new cases of impox and future outbreaks, public health agencies and their partners are encouraged to increase the number of people fully vaccinated. This is especially important among populations most affected by impox, including men who have sex with men. The second report examines emergency department or ED, visits for firearm injuries during the COVID-19 pandemic. Firearm injuries treated in emergency departments gradually increased during 2018 through 2019. However, more recent patterns of ED visits for firearm injuries, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic, are unknown. To compare ED visits for firearm injuries before and during the COVID-19 pandemic, Scientists use data from CDC's National Syndromic Surveillance Program. Compared to 2019, before the pandemic, average weekly ED visits for firearm injuries were 37% higher in 2020, 36% higher in 2021, and 20% higher in 2022. During the early months of the pandemic, there was a gradual increase in March 2020, followed by a sharp increase in late May 2020. Near real-time data can quickly identify trends in firearm injuries and help inform how to allocate resources for prevention strategies. These strategies include community and street outreach programs, hospital-based violence prevention programs, secure firearm storage, improved community physical environments, and strengthened social and economic supports. The third report describes safe listening at venues and events with amplified music. 
Nearly one in four U.S. adults, 20 to 69, have noise-induced hearing loss. Loud music from personal listening devices and entertainment venues place more than one billion teenagers and young adults at risk for hearing loss worldwide. To assess perceptions regarding hearing loss prevention efforts at venues or events, investigators analyzed data from a national survey. The majority of U.S. adults surveyed are open to actions being taken at events and venues with amplified music to protect their hearing. Such actions include limiting sound levels, posting warning signs, and using hearing protection when provided. Individuals can reduce hearing loss risk at loud events by using hearing protection and taking breaks from the noise. Managing the risk of loud sounds can allow people to enjoy music for a lifetime without the debilitating effects of hearing loss. The last report describes a cluster of blastomycosis cases among residents of a Wisconsin neighborhood. Blastomycosis is a rare but potentially serious fungal infection in humans and animals. It typically begins with mild respiratory symptoms, which often get better on their own. However, without antifungal treatment, it can lead to severe and occasionally deadly disease. Investigators alerted local clinicians, veterinarians, and residents to a cluster of blastomycosis among dogs and people in a Wisconsin neighborhood. During January through March 2022, four people and five dogs received a clinical diagnosis of blastomycosis. Two people had severe disease and required hospitalization, including one adult patient who died. Antifungal medications are used to treat blastomycosis in humans and dogs and are often required for extended periods, depending on severity of disease. All five canine and four human cases were treated with antifungal medications. In the United States, the fungus mainly lives in the Midwestern, South Central, and Southeastern states, particularly in areas surrounding the Ohio and Mississippi River valleys the Great Lakes, and the St. Lawrence River. Clinicians should consider blastomycosis among patients with compatible symptoms who live in or have traveled to areas with known disease, especially in patients with respiratory symptoms that do not resolve with antibiotic treatment. That's all for this week's briefing. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to MMWR at cdc.gov MMWR to stay up to date on the latest scientific information. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.